Praise the Lord. Welcome in, everyone, to another Soar of the Seeds podcast. I'm your host, Ted Johnson. And as always, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, let's continue to remember all of our churches and our pastors. Uh, let's remember everyone affected by the COVID-19. Uh, let's remember all uh, all of the people that uh, are sick other than COVID-19. There's a lot of different sicknesses uh, going around. Let's continue to remember all of them. And uh, remember each other and all the lost. Please remember all the lost. Uh, and just uh, pray for each other every chance you get. Our kind and gracious, loving Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for this another privilege to come and to be used of you. Now, God, I ask, Lord, that you would just move in a great and mighty way, dear God, in this podcast, Lord, that you would just, God, that you would just use this, dear Lord, to help someone in some way, lift them up, draw them closer to you, dear God, or just, Lord, just figure out what it is that you want them to do. And God, and and. If there be anyone that's lost, dear God, I pray, Lord, that these words will help them find you and give they will give their heart and life to you, dear God, before it's too late. Now, God, I just thank you and I praise you for everything. Just take and touch my mind, touch my lips, dear God, and just give me the words to say. And be with all of our pastors, dear God, and our churches, Lord. Just bless them. Use them in a great and a mighty way, dear God. Lord, I thank you and I praise you. In Jesus' sweet name, amen. Uh, we are in uh, Judges chapter 6. Uh, we started last time. Uh, we started uh, different periods, and we got through the third period, and today we're going to get into the fourth period. And this is uh, one of those accounts of uh, things that happen in the Bible that I, I really I really like. And uh, and try to think of it a lot of times and, and can't remember it, so it's too late. But this is the fourth fourth period. Gideon, Tola, and Jair. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of the of Midian seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel and became uh, because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made them the dens which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds. And so it was when Israel had sown that the Mennonites came up and the Amalekites and the children of the east, even they came up against them and they encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth. Till thou came unto Gaza. And left no substance for Israel, neither sheep, nor ox, nor ass. For they came up with their cattle and their tents, and they came as grasshoppers for multitude. For both they and their camels were without number, and they entered into the land to destroy it. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Mennonites, and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. Now then, if you remember back... Uh, few episodes back when we got to talking about uh, the walled cities and how that the enemies would encamp outside the walled cities and they they wouldn't storm the city or anything like that they they just wait they just they just sit out there and wait because they knew eventually one of two things was going to happen 
you, uh, the people that was inside the city walls was going to come out or they were going to die in there. So they would just they would just sit and wait. When the children of Israel, when they, many nights came out against them, they went into the mountains and they made them dens and they went into caves and they made strongholds and everything. And the Mennonites then, they just basically just set up camp and waited them out because they knew eventually that they would come out. And every time that they thought that uh, it was safe for them to go out, they'd go out and they'd, maybe they'd plant uh, plant some crops or something like that. And the Mennonites and would find out about it and they'd destroy them or they'd eventually grow up and they'd eat them themselves. And... Um, now, I want you to remember one, one, one very important verse in here. Uh, it says, uh, the Mennonites uh, uh, came up, they, for they came up with their cattle and their tents, and they came as grasshoppers for number, for multitude. For they, both they and their camels were without number, and they entered into the land to destroy it. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Mennonites and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. Remember that they were they they likened the the Mennonites to uh, grasshoppers. There were so many of them. They, they I mean they were just hundreds of thousands of them, and their camels and their people was without number, and they they just come in and just sat down and weighed them out. So and was waiting them out, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. And the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, um, which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt, and I brought you forth out of the house of bondage, and I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, and out of the hand of all that oppressed you, and drave them out from before you, and gave you their land. And I said unto you, I am the Lord your God, Fear not the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell, but ye have not obeyed my voice. There, therein lies the problem. Therein lies the problem of the world today. We have not obeyed God, period. We have looked for easier way outs. We have looked for a better way to serve the Lord that uh, satisfies the way that we want to live. And we don't want to live the strict life that uh, the Bible wants us to. So we have created a religion to where that we can live like we want to and still go to heaven. It doesn't work that way. We have to take the, God's word King James Version of God's Word. We have to take King James Version of God's Word and we have to live it just exactly the way that it says. If it says it's a sin, don't do it. If it says it's what God wants us to do, that's what we need to do. But we, we can't cut corners and we can't take out things that we don't like and put in stuff that we do like and, and expect to be all right. It, it's not going to happen. And that's that's exactly what the children of Israel, right now, is trying to is trying to do. They are trying to 
make a religion for themselves to where that they can live the way they want to and God still bless them. And as many times as they have done it and things have went bad for them, they still have not figured out that it can't be done. They're still still trying to do it. Every generation that comes up, they they start they start doing evil in the sight of the Lord, and they go whoring after other gods, and they they start ch- doing things that that God told them originally not to do. Then they go right back and do it again, and then they get in trouble, and they can't figure out why that they're in trouble, but they get in trouble and they start crying to the Lord, and the Lord sends a judge to. Uh, save them and get them back on the right track and then when that judge dies and the next generation comes up they turn around and do the same thing all over again but now then we're going to get into Gideon in chapter in verse 11 of chapter 6 and there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak which was in Ophrin that pertained unto Joash the Ebzite, and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Mennonites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Mennonites. How how is that so like Christians today? Look, Lord, where are you at? Why have you left me and in this situation that I have in and just walked off and left me. What? Why, why did you do this? Lord, I know you can move. I've seen you move before, but why aren't you moving now? Hmm, I wonder why. And Gideon didn't stop to think that exactly why this was going on. He just knew that it was going on. And, you know, we... We we tend to live in the in the now a, a little bit too much sometimes because we forget what happened before and the reason why they were in, they were in the situation they were in, and then Lord sent the judges and and they gave their heart and life back to the Lord and they got everything straightened out and the Lord started blessing them again, and then they turned and went back out and and God took His blessings away from them. Remember when they came into the to the promised land, uh, Joshua told him, he said, it's either a curse or a blessing. Which one do you want? You know, you, you can't have no in-betweens. It's either one or the other. It's just like living for the Lord or living for Satan. There is no in-between. You've got to do whichever one you're going to do. You've got to do it 100%, and you have got to... Uh, Realize that if you live for Satan, there is going to be consequences. And if you live for the Lord, there is going to be blessings. But you've got to figure out which one you want to do. And you've got to do that one 100% or not at all. And they, they, the Israelites are just like we are today. I'm sorry. Uh, 
we we try to live for the Lord the way that we want to and go to heaven the way that we want to and still have our fun and still uh, do everything of the world and and go to heaven. It's not going to go that way. It's not going to happen. We're going to have to come out from among the world and be a separated people. That's what the Bible tells us, to come out from among the world and be you a separated people. Do away, Get away from things of the world, do away with things of the world, and put on things of God. Put on that new man, that new man, that new mind, that new heart, that new, that new man. And that's what we have got to do. And Gideon, Gideon asked this, this angel of the Lord, why, why is, is the Lord doing this to us? Why is he doing this to us? You know, here I am. I'm out here hid in this wine press, uh, threshing wheat so that we can have something to eat because if I get caught, they'll come and take this away from us and we won't have nothing to eat. Why is the Lord allowing this to happen to us? And, you know, that's that's the time when that we need to stop right there Quit asking why, God, why is this happening? And try to figure out what have I done that this is happening? What have I done? You know, like I said, there's there's three things, there's three ways that these things come upon us. Number one, God allows them to because of uh, he's testing us. He wants... He doesn't want. He he knows exactly how strong we are. He knows exactly how much we can endure. But sometimes he allows these things to come up on us to test us, to let us know how strong in the Lord we are and how close to the Lord we are. Number two, Satan uh, brings a lot of things upon us. Uh, he he oppresses us. He he cannot he cannot possess us, but he can oppress us. And he does that a lot of times. And, you know, the bad part about it is, is a lot of things that happens in our life, we blame Satan for, and Satan had nothing to do with it because it, it falls under the heading of the number three. It's my fault. I caused this to happen because of my doubt, because of my unbelief, because of my uh, laziness, because I, I just didn't want to do it. Uh, there's so many reasons that we cause things to come up on ourselves, just like Israel. Every time that they they went back out and they started chasing after the other gods, they started worshiping the other gods, and they they started chasing uh, uh, marrying and intermarrying and and uh, giving in marriage and all this stuff, and then then all these things started coming against them. And then here was Gideon. He, he, why is this happening, Lord? Why, why? And that's what we do. We will, oh, we'll sit there and we will, we will blame God for all these things that's coming against us. I can't understand why in the world God is letting this come against me. I've done this and I've done that and I've done the other. Well, you know, uh, maybe you ought to sit down and take a real good spiritual checkup and find out just exactly what that you have done that you shouldn't or you should have done that you haven't. So, you know, uh, a lot of times 75%, 75 to 80, 90, 75 to 90 percent of the things that comes against me, it's, it's, it's Ted's fault. It's my fault. I done something that I shouldn't have done or I, 
or I didn't do something that I should have done, and the Lord's chastising me because of it. And this, this is what happens. He needs to get our attention when we mess up, and he needs to let us know, said, hey, here I am. Yes, you, you messed up. Uh, so now then, I'm going to have to straighten you up. Uh, give me a give me a real good smack up the back of the head or, or, uh, and to wake me up and to realize, hey, <laughs> Lord, I'm sorry. This is not your fault. Uh, I, I, this is my fault. I'm the one that caused this. I'm the one that got into this. But you know what? Even though it's my fault and even though I'm the reason why that I'm going through those, those battles and, and those trials and everything, it's my fault that I got into them. All I have to do is ask God to forgive me and turn from them and go back to him, and he will help me out of those things. Even though it's my fault, he will get me out of them. That's the kind of God I serve. Verse 14, And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Mennonites. Have not I sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. <laughs> um, here we go again. Lord, I, I, I just really don't want to stand up in front of people and, and talk. I, I don't talk plain. Let's see, Moses was, he, uh, he didn't talk plain. He was slow to speech, and uh, uh, he, he just didn't really want to talk, do all that stuff. Lord, send somebody else. Mine was, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm just real bashful and backward. I don't like standing up in front of people. I don't like speaking in front of people. I don't know that much about the Bible, and I mean, the list goes on and on of my own reasons why that I shouldn't be doing that, and I'm sure everybody that the Lord has called to do something has their own list of uh, reasons that, you know, we thought was reasons that we shouldn't be doing these things, and, and this, is, this is Gideon's. You know, hey, my family's poor, and, you know, how in the world am I going to afford to to leave them and go out and, and lead this army. Uh, and, and you know, I'm, I'm the least in my father's house anyway. If, you know, if you want somebody to lead to lead Israel away from uh, the Mennonites, you need to get somebody else because it definitely ain't me. But, you know, one thing I found out, and I found out the hard way, and uh, the thing about it is, is we just need to say, yes, Lord, here I am. Send me. But Lord, give me what I need. I, the, the, Lord, this is what I need. I need the, uh, the ability to be able to stand and face people, look people in the eyes when I speak to them. I, I need you to touch my speech and to help me to speak plainer. Touch my mind, Lord, that I can remember what it is that you want me to say. Give me boldness, Lord. Use me the way that you want to, Lord, but just give me the tools as I need to use it. But, you know, the thing about it is, is the first time you step out, and the first time that you step out and you actually prove to God that, hey, I'm going to do this. You know, I stood up the first time when God called me to preach. I, I don't, I'll never forget this. Oh, I, I was thinking about that the whole time uh, when the, 
pastor brother of mine uh, told me to uh, that I was going to get to preach my first message in his church. I thought about it for a week, and I thought about all the different ministers and and how how that God just just I mean just used him in a great and a mighty week uh, way, and they they preached. Uh, Oh, they preach so strong, and and I I told the Lord I said Lord that's what I want that's what that's the way that I want to preach, but you know I forgot one thing, we got to crawl before we can walk, and we've got to walk before we can run, and I had had my notes and everything, and I was ready, and I stood up there, and I was ready to give a a shouting. Uh, earth-shaking message and everything and the words started going through my head so fast that i could about ever maybe 20th word or something like that i caught and i'm i'm standing out what is going on lord and he reminded me about what i said and i said okay lord okay all right let's slow down let me crawl lord before i walk let me walk before i run Everything started slowing down. It it was it wasn't the type of message that I wanted to preach, but it was it was me proving to God that I hey I'm going to do this. I am going to do this for you. And the next time it was a little easier. The next time it's a little easier. It gets a little bit easier every time I do it. But still yet, even to this day, even when I sit down here behind this mic, and I start I start teaching. Uh, I still get butterflies, and I still pray, God, don't let me, don't let me do something that is wrong. Don't let me say something that is wrong. Uh, please, Lord, just, just give me the words that I need to say, because the one thing is, the one thing that I don't want to do is I don't want to lead nobody wrong. I don't want to lead nobody wrong, because that, that, that scares me to death. It, it really does. But, uh. He told me, he said, the Lord looked on me and said, go in thy might, and thou shalt save Israel. <laughs> who am I, Lord? Who am I? Who am, who are you? You are a child of God. You are a child of royalty. You are the child of the one that owns this world and everything in this world. And, and all the other worlds that are out there, God owns every one of them, and we are his children. Why do we worry? Why are we concerned about everything to be thought of of this world? We need to say, yes, Lord, here I am, and don't worry about it, and go do it. And, you know, it's just like when God told me, you know, about this podcast, and I got to studying up and, and everything about everything that was involved in starting a podcast, and I said, you have got to be kidding me, Lord. But, you know, as well as I do, the Lord don't kid when it comes to the things like that. Yes, I, I had some long, long talks with the Lord. I've had some times of many tears. I've had some times of uh, asking God to forgive me for my failures. And, uh, oh, so many things during the, the four or five months it was that it took me to set this up before I ever made my first episode. It took me a long time to get this set up. 
I had to do a lot of research and I had to do a lot of praying and I had to do a lot of seeking God and asking God for help. But you know what? He never let me down. He not once did he let me down. And here we are, 180, this is, this is going on 184 episode right now. And God is still blessing. God is still using. So, you know, we, we need to remember exactly who it is that we serve and what it is that he can do and what we can do. But we got to remember that I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. All things. Doesn't matter. Whatever he says he wants you to do, you can do it. Because we are his children. And he, he wants us he wants us to be used. He wants us to be a success. And he wants us to be blessed. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the men tonight as one man. And he said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that thou talkest with me. Depart not hence, I pray thee, until I come unto thee, and bring forth my present, and set it before thee. And the angel said, and he said, I will tarry until thou come. He said, you know, Gideon was, I, he reminds me of a whole lot of me. I, I know the Lord speaks to me in different things, but, you know, I've got a real, a real, I guess, vivid imagination. Um, and I can talk myself into things and I can talk myself into a lot of trouble sometimes. And when these thoughts come, uh, you know, I, I check them out. I, I make sure that they are God and not Ted, because the first thing I don't want to do something that, uh, God has not told me to do. And I want to make sure that what the Lord is telling me is what I, he wants me to do. And this, this is the way Gideon was. He, he wanted to make sure that exactly who he was talking to. And it, and it wasn't just something, his own voice in his own head. He wanted to know for sure. So he went in and he made, uh, he made ready a kid and some unleavened cakes of bread. And, uh, and he put the flesh in a basket and he put the broth in a pot and he brought it out into the, to the guy that was sitting underneath the oak tree, the angel. And the angel of the Lord told him, he said, you set it up on that rock, lay him up on that rock right there and pour the broth out. And he, and he did that. And the angel in verse 21, the angel of the Lord put forth the end of the staff that was in his hand and touched the flesh and the unleavened cakes, and there rose up fire out of the rock and consumed the flesh and the unleavened cakes. Then the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. So he gave him the sign that, yeah, uh, yep, that was definitely not me, that not my imagination. That 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 was definitely an angel of the Lord. And so. 22, and when Gideon perceived that he was an angel of the Lord, Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for because I have seen an angel of the Lord face to face. And the Lord said unto him, Peace be unto thee, fear not. 
thou shalt not die. Then Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord and called it Jehovah Shalom. Unto this day it is yet in Ophram of the Abrazites. But he, when he figured out that it was actually an angel of the Lord, it, it sort of scared him a little bit because he met him face to face and he talked to him face to face. And, and for some reason he thought that since he had seen this angel of the Lord face to face that he was going to die. But the Lord told him, he said, peace be unto thee. Fear not. You know, how many times have we said that one phrase right there, fear not, since we've been studying? Many, many, many times. Every time the Lord the Lord sends, or God sends an angel to, to talk to somebody, about the first words out of their mouth is fear not. Uh, if it's not, not the first one, it's, it's very shortly thereafter, but within the first sentence anyway, it's fear not. Because it, the, this, when you see an angel face to face, it will put a fear in you. It, it's um, it's hard to explain. It's not a oh, it's a fear of uh, I have just entertained an angel, and and now what do I do? You know, it 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 it. it it surprises you, and it, it sort of, sort of uh, confuses you a little bit, I guess. And But he said, fear not. Fear not, thou shalt not die. Now then, the Lord told him to do something. Next, in verse 20, 25. And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Take thy father's young bullock, even the second bullock of seven years old, and throw down the altar of Baal that thy father hath, and cut down the grove that is by it, and build an altar unto the Lord thy God upon the top of, of this rock in, in the ordered place, and take the second bullock and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the grove which thou shalt cut down. Now then, when... Uh, People uh, back then, when they would uh, serve these, worship these gods and everything, it, it would be in a grove of whether it was uh, they built it up themselves or they had just went into the woods and found a place. Uh, and what it was was sort of like the, all the wood was around it and then right inside of it, maybe a little doorway, and right inside of it was a, an open area with grass where that they would, uh, well, they would put their idol and this is where that they would worship their idols in in this and they uh this grove it it uh, was probably a wooden image uh or a pillar uh, uh in the in in other words it was it was a a place to worship astaroth the goddess of sensual um she was a sensual goddess, and they would worship her there. And then they had Baal beside of it. I don't know what he looked like or anything like that. But the Lord told told Gideon, he said, I want you to go destroy this idol, and I want you to uh, cut down the grove and destroy the idol that's in the grove. And then I want you to take a, this bullock, uh, the second-year bullock, and uh, seven years old, 
and I want you to take this bullock, and I want you to build an altar. I want you to offer it on this rock, and I want you to take the wood that you cut down from that grove, and I want you to use that wood to um, offer this uh, burnt sacrifice on this altar with that wood that you cut down off that grove. So Gideon did it, but he took ten, 10 of his servants with him, and he did what the Lord had told him to, but he wouldn't do it during the daytime because of all the people that was around and his dad probably seen what was going on. So he did it at night, and he went in, and he destroyed the, the idol of Baal, and he went over and he cut the grove down, and uh, then he, he took that, that bullock and he took it over on that rock and he, he laid the wood on that rock and he made a sacrifice and he burnt that sac burnt that sacrifice on that on that rock and when the uh when they got up when the men of the city rose up early in the morning uh, verse 28 and when the men of the city rose early in the morning behold the altar of bell was cast down and the grove was cut down that was by it and the second bullock was offered upon the altar that was built. And they said one to another, Who hath done this thing? And when they inquired and asked, they said, excuse me, they said, Gideon, the son of Joash, hath done this thing. Then the men of the city said unto Joash, Bring out thy son, that he may die, because he hath cast down the altar of Baal, and because he hath cut down the grove, that was by it. So they they wanted to kill Gideon. Uh, they had he had destroyed their their altar to Baal. They had cut down the grove that was beside of it, and I mean this 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 was a horrendous thing that he'd done, and they was going to kill him for it. And listen, let me tell you something. When you go over uh, overseas, and those people over there. The one thing that you don't never want to do is you never want to run down their gods or say anything about their gods because they'll kill you on the spot right there. They they are very, very serious about their gods and about worshiping their gods. And you don't you don't say anything about them and you don't touch them and, and if you are if you are a non believer, you don't even go around them because they are very serious about this. And Josiah said unto all that stood against him, Will ye plead for Baal? Will ye save him? He that will plead for him, let him be put to death whilst it's in yet morning. If he be God, let him plead for himself, because one hath cast down his altar. Therefore on that day he called him Jerubbabel, saying, Let Baal plead against him, because he had thrown down his altar, they started calling Gideon Jerubbabel. Jerubbabel meant uh, contender with Baal or let Baal plead. And, you know, nothing ever happened because Baal was just an idol to begin with. He, he was no real god. and he, he couldn't do anything. He couldn't make anything happen. Uh, you know, like a lot of the gods that we serve today in this life, they they don't really do anything. They they're just there, and it's something to look at. You know, that's that's 
Well, if we remember when uh, Moses was up on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights and they made the, the golden calf, it, it was something to look at. It, it couldn't do anything. It was made out of gold, and it just stood there. Uh, it couldn't walk. It couldn't speak. It couldn't heal the sick or heal the lame or any, part the waters or anything like that. It just stood there. You could see it. There it was, but it couldn't do anything. Like a lot of our gods today that we worship. Even in the churches, if they're there, they don't do anything, but we worship them. We spend all of our money and, and we get all of our time to it and everything, but it don't do nothing. It's just there, but we take the time to worship it. And we, we, we get real serious about it. If, if, you know, and I've always said all these different beliefs that are in the world, ungodly beliefs that are in the world today, if, if Christians today would put three quarters of their uh, time and, and everything into serving God the way that these people put 100% into serving their God, we'd, we could turn this world upside down. But, you know, it, 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 it worries me because uh, some of these off-the-wall doctrines and everything that satan has come up with people are very serious about them and they they give they give 110 percent to serving this religion and we can't even get the christians out of bed on sunday morning to come to sunday school and church that's all of that Verse number 38. And now this one, this one, uh, Gideon and his fleece. This, this is one of those things that there's, I guess, a lot of controversy over because Gideon needed an answer. And he put this fleece before the Lord and he told the Lord, you know, if, uh, if this happens and uh, this is way that, it's going to go but let me tell you something i don't see any problem with it because i know i know the, the voice of the lord and i know that a lot of people know the voice of the lord but there's there's when god tells us to do something i know in my situation anyway when god tells me to do something there, there's, you know, it's, it, there's always that little bit of a doubt in the back of my head. Lord, is that me or is that you? And, you know, the, especially the longer I think about it. God, is that me or is that you? So starting in verse 33. Then all the Mennonites and the Malachites and the children of the east are gathered together and went over and pitched in the valley of Jezreel. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and he blew a trumpet, and Abiezer was gathered after him. And he sent messengers throughout all Manasseh, who also was gathered after him. And he sent messengers unto Asher, and to Zebulon, and to Nephtali, and they came up to meet him, them. And Gideon said unto God, If thou wilt save Israel by mine hand, as thou hast said, Behold, I will put a fleece of wool in the floor, and if the dew be on the fleece only, and it be dry upon all the earth beside, then shall I know 
that thou wilt save Israel by my hand, as thou hast said. And it was so. For he rose up early on the morrow and thrust the three fleece together and wrung the dew out of the fleece, a bowl full of water. And Gideon said unto God, Let not thine anger be hot against me, and I will speak but this once. Let me prove, I pray thee, but this once with the fleece. Let it now be dry only upon the fleece, and upon all the ground let there be dew. And God did so that night, for it was dry upon the fleece only, and there was dew on all the ground. So he 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 really I'm trying to figure out just exactly how to how to put this by the way that I feel. He knew it was the voice of the Lord, but he he really this was one of those things that uh is very, very uh dear to his heart and very sensitive and he he wanted to know for sure that this was a thing from God. He because he was not only had going to put his life in danger, but he was going to put other people's lives in danger. And he really wanted to know that the Lord was going to be with him. And this was a thing that the Lord wanted him to do. You know, there's things in my life sometimes that God is dealing with me upon. And I I really want to make sure because of uh, maybe some hurt feelings or something like that. And I, I really want to make sure that this is what God wants me to do. So I, I will put out uh, a fleece and I will say, God, if, if this happens, then Lord, I know it's of you. I don't want to make him mad. I, and I don't want to uh, make him think that I'm doubting him. I'm just, I just want to make 100% sure that this is God and not my own thoughts. And that's, that's what I've told him several times. And this is what Gideon told him, was telling him here, Lord, I, I know that you have, you have told me to do this. And I know Lord that, uh, that you are with me, but I really want to know for a fact, God, is this you or not? Because not only is my life in danger, Lord here, but there's, there's, other people's lives in danger also and you know that's the one thing that we we've really got to be careful about is is what we do and how that it affects other people because if we do something without god's directions and we can we can call we can actually cause people to backslide we can actually cause people to get hurt to the point to where that they will quit church and never go back again all because that we done something in ourselves instead of, of making sure that it was God that wanted to, wanted us to do it. And this is what uh, Gideon's trying to do. He's, he's trying to uh, make himself feel 100% uh, sure that this is God and his work. He knows that God, he, he has no doubt that God can do it. He has no God, doubt that God will do it. But he does know if he does it in himself, God will not go with him and his people will get killed. So he wants to make sure. And then you look out on, on over this valley that all these people are in, and, and this valley is huge. It goes for miles. 
and it's covered with people. There's, you know, there's, um, let's see, there, there's a, a great number of men, warriors, loyal people, men of valor, great warriors in this valley, and they are waiting to come against Israel. So Gideon wants to make sure. Gideon wants to wants to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is what God wants him to do. So yeah, he put a fleece out before the Lord. Lord, if if I get up in the morning and this fleece is wet and the ground all around it is dry, then I know I know for a fact that you want me you want me to do this. And then he said, and put it in my own words, and one more time, Lord, don't get angry with me, but I I, I really really want to make sure before I do this because I've got a lot of men that, that are under me and I don't want to get none of them hurt. But let's do this one more time. And at this time, I want the fleece to be dry and the ground all around it to be wet. And when he got up the next morning, that's the way that it was. Don't be afraid to to, to do this. Don't be afraid to because I, I don't know. I... I feel okay with doing this, and and then yet I struggle with it a little bit too because, um, I guess I think the Lord may may think that I'm doubting Him. I'm not exactly doubting Him. I just want to make sure because you know there's things there's like I said there's things in my life that uh, God has wanted me to do, and you know things leading up to that may may be to the point to where that. I have been thinking about the, along the same line, and then this thought comes to me uh, of wanting me to do something. And yes, I will ask the Lord, Lord, uh, <laughs> is this me or is this you? If this is you, I want this to happen. And if it doesn't happen, Lord, then I know that was that was not you, that was me. But don't be afraid to do that. It don't show a sign of weakness, I don't think. It shows a sign of, of really wanting to do what God wants you to do, but you're wanting to make sure that it's him that, that's really telling you and, and not something that you have come up with yourself. Well, listen, I thank you all for listening. I hope you got something out of this. But we're going to get into the battle next week. And I, if you haven't read about the battle that Gideon and the children of Israel is going to get into, I've done told you about all the, the people that was in that valley. What God does next is really going to surprise you because it, it proves one thing, that we serve a great and a mighty God. And until next time, I hope you all enjoyed this, and I hope God blesses you all in a great and a mighty way. And don't forget, please read your Bible and pray every day. Thank you.